With the first pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson from Duke University. Welcome back to the Pelly Podcast. Before we talk about the shitty ending to that game, welcome back, Tyler. Back hey. in the Pelly Pod studio. Welcome back, dude. Yeah. Good to be back. Feels good to have you back. So, um, tonight, Pelicans ultimately fell to the Anthony Davis-led Los Angeles Lakers, 114-110. to Brutal, brutal end to the game. Like, as far as the game went, like... First quarter couldn't have gone any better. It was beautiful. Drew Holiday f- showed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second quarter, you know, was, was was a typical quarter. You know, we still maintained the lead. And, and even in the third, but uh, fourth quarter was just dismal. It was, it was the fourth quarter was the game. You're right. We got outscored by 14 and lost by four. So there it was. So uh, Tyler and Jonathan collaborated behind my back and got tickets to the tonight's <laughs> game. <laughs> And uh, went so. How was the atmosphere tonight? Obviously, you could hear the booze from the TV and stuff like that. Everyone knew what was going on. Just how racist was everybody? We are the most racist fan base. We're the South, right? Like everybody's racist here, right, Tyler? Yeah. At least that's what Ramona Shelburne. Thinks, I'm not right? commenting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not entertaining. Shout out that. to Ramona Shelburne over at the Intelligent ESPN. They're known for their amazing journalism and yeah. deeply delving into nothing but factual evidence. Um. Obviously not, but no, man. There was Tyler. You can agree, man. That was a fun game to go to. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, one, I love talking shit yeah. with Lakers fans around bunch of losers, but um, <clears throat> there, I thought the environment was really great, and I think just in general, I thought it was a well called game. And what's funny is I thought it was a well called game, and Lakers. Fans are crying right now on Twitter that they got uh, effed over by the refs, which is crazy because, I mean, LeBron literally walked, like, what was it, two or three times? Two or three times, yeah. Easy. I hope that one day we get superstar calls with, like, maybe Ingram and yeah, maybe and Zion. Like, if AD or LeBron complain, it was a foul the next play. They talk to the refs on every play. Yeah, every, every play. play. They complain so much. It's yeah. disgusting to watch, honestly. It's I will say basketball. this. I knew first off, we knew this was going to be an exciting type of playoff atmosphere. Yep. But there was a moment like <laughs> when <laughs> right after was it right after right before the national anthem, everybody got quiet and stood yeah. up, and you just hear one dude. It was scream. before you hear everybody's. No, 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 no. It was it was after they announced Derek Favors' mom passed, <laughs> and it was a so, moment of silence. They do the moment of silence, the moment so of silence, and dead silent. And everybody's like, "Please remain standing for the pledge of allegiance." And it's dead silent in there. You hear a dude scream. <laughs> the Lakers fucking suck, and he screams. <laughs> Everybody in the arena heard it, dude. Me and Tyler were dying laughing. <laughs> <life. laughs> dude, I, I looked at Tyler. I was like, this is about to be amazing. And then we then we said, the, you know, we did the National Anthem. Also, my one regret is I really wish I could have talked uh, shit to Jeff Van Gundy. 
Cause uh, we were ten rows behind them. Yeah, so, we were we were we were right behind them. But so he didn't take his headset off. We were we were talking off air, but like you know, you guys obviously can't hear all the shit he was saying. But mm-hmm. one of the main points he was saying is that New Orleans would have never had a NBA franchise if we hadn't drafted Zion. And he went on like a I'm not even kidding you. Like in all actuality, I said like an hour rant, but it was like it was a good five to ten minutes of him just complaining about load management and. It just felt like throughout, like the first and second quarter, when the when the Pelicans were kind of working up on the on the Lakers, they just did not want to talk about the game. It was like, okay, well, Lakers are losing. Let's talk about something else. Let's let's take away from whatever's going on on the court and talk about random things in the NBA that really don't matter. And and that's where like you know it, you turn off viewers from like I, I don't want to listen to this dude talk ever again like no. he has nothing he says nothing intelligent towards what's going on in the game like explain to me what's going on in the game what you see as a as is you're 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 a former coach you're supposed to be what you think is one of the best coaches you know what I'm saying like so tell me what you see in the game what what differences would you would you make you know but you know he's just always just trying to complain about yeah, something and there's Obvious pettiness there too against the Pelicans, and yeah. it's been that since he hasn't been hired since he got hired over Alvin Gentry. Yeah, um, Alvin Gentry. But I don't. That's why I don't pay attention to ESPN, dude. They're gonna cheer for the Lakers. They're gonna cheer for whoever the best team is currently, and those are the teams that can't do anything wrong in their eyes. And it's because they're gonna get the clicks and the views. So, um, if you want my advice, if you're a Pelicans fan. Don't even pay attention to ESPN. Dude, oh. what's crazy, though, is I feel like the NBA fan base as a whole is starving for content yep. from each individual's uh, fan base. And you go to ESPN, and it doesn't satisfy any type of hunger from a fan's perspective. Like, we want to, we as a fan base want to know, like, what's working with our team and what isn't working. Well, like, hit us up with facts. Hit us uh, up with he stats. Did, he did say that tonight on the broadcast, though, so I'll give him credit. He was like, the reason why viewership numbers are so bad is he was like, we're not paying attention to what viewers want or the pe- or the fans, the people who are actually fronting the money to come watch these players. You know, like we're not doing anything to cater to them, we're, no. we're, and we're only doing things to make bandwagon fans. No, it was don't. like we're only doing things to satisfy players. It shouldn't matter to the players. Like, they're if the players were just playing basketball and there was no fans to support them, there would be no million dollar contract you know you wouldn't be a professional basketball player yeah so he did make a point like that but uh you know it's it's just one of those things like you like you said each fan base wants to know what's going on with their team they don't want to hear you complain about why players aren't playing right but like it's even like you saw tonight too like it's going to be about ad scored 40 and not the fact that they just the lakers just paid played petty ball like the first three quarters and just had them post up and that's honestly why we were winning is because they were just letting AD post up and slowed down their offense. Could you imagine if the Lakers would have been smart and just ran pick and roll with LeBron? Yeah. We'd have got destroyed. We would have got destroyed every single possession. I, I think the big glaring hole we need to talk about with this team is our bench was awful tonight, and it's always that way. See, I, I just – Nicole O'Malley, Jaleel Okafor, like mm-mm. I guess good people, whatever. Like they're great guys. But I can't see a scenario winner on this team next year. And I think Jesse sent this text message is what, like three straight games showing how good our starters have been and how terrible our bench has been. Yeah. Yep. Um and hopefully that gets ameliorated like when you start to maybe you take out Jackson Hayes, bring him to the bench 
and put favors in. Maybe you have Lonzo leading the bench unit. And maybe what you take out Kenny and put Zion in the starter. So what I'm saying is you can plug guys in that I think continue to have that positive effect on our starting lineup. Yep. And then bring in some of these guys off the bench that have shown to have a positive impact on the game instead of playing heavy minutes to Nicola Melli. Instead yeah. of playing heavy minutes to Julia Local Four. Instead you're playing heavy minutes to Kenny Williams and Jackson Hayes, who've shown to be positive things. So you know, it sucks that we're continuing to talk about this injury bug, but I think the starters versus bench thing is the fact that we have to go deep into our bench um, because of injuries, and you're seeing the effect. We, we're just not matching up against these teams when we have to go to our bench. And what you're saying is is some of the starters that we have now are going to be high-impact bench players like Kenny Williams. 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he led in plus-minus tonight. I mean, and, and And all of our starters except one – was a positive and a plus minus, except Brandon Ingram, who I felt like he kind of got stuck with that bench mob, like yeah. out there with the bench mob. And who who you said I'm sorry, Brandon well, Ingram. And oh, yeah. I just want to say because I don't I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Ingram did come out and put the loss on him, which was good to hear. Mm. Um, in a sense, I mean, I don't know if I put it entirely. It wasn't him, entirely on him. Like he still he, he said he should have led that second unit better, um, which was the first thing he said, and then he said the. Drew turnover at the end of the game was on him because he should have came to the ball. But, I mean, to, to continue our point about our second unit, unit being that bad, imagine if our second unit uh, was based around Lonzo Ball, Jackson Hayes, and Kendrick Williams. And then you can yeah. rotate whatever the two other guys you want. You know, you can rotate in Drew Holiday. You can rotate in um, J.J. Redick if you want more shooting. So our bench is a serious, serious issue right now. But I honestly think it goes back to that injury bug. Um, and as far as B.I. is concerned, man, B.I. has nothing to apologize for. We, we've won multiple games because of B.I. Tonight obviously wasn't his best game, um, but I'm happy that he's taking that leadership role and just saying it's on me. You know, we've complained about Drew before on this podcast, not really seeming like he's 100% in with the Pelicans, I guess. Yeah. B.I. is 100% in. Yeah, definitely. Can you agree yep. with that? Yeah. Can you agree with that? Agreed. Yeah. And, and one thing about B.I. is he had a bad shooting night. It was going to come. I mean, how many? He's really, he really hasn't had a bad shooting night yet. Yeah. So it was a bound to come, but he still found ways. Still had more to, points to, than shots. Yeah, he still he still found a way to put the ball in the basket. Like he, whether whether it came at the free throw line, it it was just important that he's even though he saw not the best shooting night, he was he was terrible from three. He still had a productive night. And that, that's the difference between him and Drew because if. Drew has a night like that. He's yeah. There's nothing. There's no free. He's not getting to the line. Unbelievably right. negative because he he can't get to the line. Um, but I mean Ingram, even when a shot isn't falling, he still gets to the line. And he still gets your points, and he still makes an impact on the game. Yeah, and you could tell Ingram wanted the ball. Yeah, you could just tell he wants it more. Mm-hmm. And and that's all I've ever asked for out of a, out of a star player. Yeah, and it, it's like like I think Tyler and I talked about this. Quite often, when we're on the um, car ride back home today, we've talked about it on the podcast. You wanna you wanna answer the question. The biggest question right now is who's gonna be on this team, um, two three years down the road. Like who do we see as a building piece for this team? And if we yeah. go through this season and we answer several of those questions, I think it's a positive season. I think the ultimate goal this year is to make the playoffs. But even bigger than that, 
um, from a long-term perspective instead of just short-sighted perspectives is you want to know who's going to be in his team for the long haul and who fits next to Zion. And it's pretty obvious that B.I. is a, is a yeah. major piece. You know, there's a lot of question marks up in the air. But B.I., even in losses like tonight, just his professionalism and his his ability he, to he, impact the game even when he's doing not so hot. He had more free throws than the rest of the team combined. Yeah, and, and you could see him attacking and being aggressive and taking advantage of his height. And I think we were talking about during the game, it seems like they look for him as a ball handler as well throughout the game. So... Again, like if we're answering questions this year outside of trying to make the playoffs, it's who 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 we're gonna keep on this team in the future. And it seems like BI is a one hundred percent definite yeah. going to be here. And I'm yep. just happy to see him take these moments in stride, both positive and negative. Yeah, I mean he had a terrible night as far as shooting goes and he still had twenty three and ten. Yeah. Like Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So Josh Hart had some productive minutes tonight. Um, I think when you look at the how if the team plays going forward, I think he's definitely should take Etwan's minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he came up real big on some rebounds. He was he was hustling his ass off. Um, made some made some pretty big shots. But uh, yeah, I, I, he's just a way more productive guard than Etwan. Etwan had a bad night. D- and me and Jonathan were also talking about this in that same conversation. Um, so we, we excluded you on a lot of stuff, Jesse, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I honestly am starting to feel Josh Hart is one of those long-term pieces. Like, is he a starter type player? No. And I think that might be where it gets kind of scary if a team just throws, you know, like Sacramento or something, just throws a lot of money at him yeah. when his time comes. But if it's a fair price, he's a guy I want to keep on this team. Cause he's a, he's the kind of guy you need during playoff games um, that makes those difference making plays. Um, and I, you know, I feel he does that on this team more than almost anyone else. Him and him and Kenrich Williams are those two hustle guys, but Josh Hart has that extra bit of, you know, uh, offensive talent that can, that can really help in a playoff game. Yeah. And you've seen, you've seen really good playoff teams these past few years, like outside of Golden State who had, like a ridiculous amount of talent. But normally most playoff teams have like two or three main guys, right? Like that's what we call the the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of want to see that for the Pelicans, but almost every single playoff team has those sprinkled in. You want to call them role players, I guess, but guys that know their role and play it extremely well. And Josh Hart seems like he's going to be one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, look at Toronto, Fred, Fred Van Fleet. Right, yeah. He's not ever going to be a top three player, but like he knows his role and he can – put up 23 one game if he wants to or even 30 but you know he comes in and does his job yeah you know and you know it it just seems like he impacts the game in a positive way for the pelicans and i would enjoy it if he were here alongside zion so fourth quarter was obviously bad Mm. um kyle kuzma burnt the shit out of us he fucking shot lights out man yeah let me ask you a question as far as fourth quarter focus goes is this a issue with just the team not having enough in the gas tank at the end, or is it a motivational issue from a coaching standpoint? I don't want to say it's a motivational issue from a coaching standpoint. I just don't think the team's been in enough of these situations. I think there's still too many young guys. I think Drew, Holiday, and this is just this is just from the eye test, and obviously there's some bias going from tonight, so I don't want to like go 100% behind it, but I feel like he's kind of unclutch 
in a lot of situations. Um, thinking of that missed dunk tonight. Yeah, the missed as dunk well was as the turnover. But like, I feel like he's done that before. Like, just like it didn't surprise me. Yeah, you know, he fumbles the, when he does that. Fumbles the ball so much. Yeah, his 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 carrying is not great. But I feel it's. We maybe rely a bit too much on the bench at the end of the third to try to get the starters come in for rest, and the starters come in and they think they can close out, and they suddenly can't hit shots. Yeah, they get relied because that's when defenses defenses really truly lock in in the fourth quarter. Like that is when players it's go playoff yeah. it's like playoff yeah. basketball, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's in when the, the Lakers. Quarter. I mean, they when, they put the clamps down on the yeah, fourth. and that's when we struggle. And the players that I feel struggle the most in those situations is number one, Drew Holiday. Um, yeah, big Tom. And, I mean, other players do as well, but he's just the one that sticks out to me like a like a sore thumb. So It's crazy. Like, I want to blame the coaches so badly because that just seems yeah. so easy, yeah. right? Like, fuck, the coaches suck, dude. Just get a new coach and everything's going to be fixed and all these problems will dissipate. But, like, you look at the plays that change the course of the game for the Pelicans, you're looking at a missed dunk. Yeah. Right. Yep. You're that looking at into a Caruso layup. Right yeah. So you're looking at a four point swing right there. We only lost by four points. You're looking at a JJ Redick wide open jump shot just mm-hmm. missed. You're yeah. talking about one of the best jump shooters the, in the league. The inbound pass that the Caruso stole gave to AD. That was a four point swing. That, yeah. The, uh, inbound pass. Um, another inbound pass that Caruso knocked off of um, Kendrick Williams. Yeah. That led to another two points. You look at another play. Um. Josh Hart missed his free throws late. Yeah. Like, what part of that is a coach's fault? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. he shouldn't no. have to call a timeout and say, hey, guys, make sure the ball doesn't get stolen on an yeah. inbound pass. pass. No, yeah. Right. Hey, JJ, knock down this wide-open jump shot I'm going to give you. Drew Holiday, let me call a timeout so you can make a dunk. Like, Man, a part of this is a coaching issue, obviously, but damn, dude. Like he didn't plays, even really need to dunk it either. Like He could have yeah, laid, laid it up, up but like, I mean. These yeah. plays, what is going on? And man? I want to clarify two things. The first being, this isn't me shitting on Drew Holiday because I think Drew Holiday is still an amazing defensive player. Um, and I think he did more than an admirable job on LeBron. And he even you know gave AD a lot of fits in the post and – you know, I just felt he was really good on defense overall. But the fact, and, you know, he did so great in the first half, but it's just it doesn't change the fact of the inconsistency that we saw in the first half and the second half. So this isn't me crapping on him, but if we're looking at uh, the long-term pieces of this team and timelines of players and whatnot, uh, I can't argue, I can't give Drew another type of contract that he has now and give him the same role. If yeah. Drew was okay with being the third man, absolutely. Come on back. You're going to get that third man money, and that's not going to be the case. That's not what he's going to be looking for. So, but um, And just the second thing I want to clarify real quick, if there are any Lakers fans uh, listening and you think you got effed over by the refs tonight, you need to get a grip on life. That's all I got to say. So as far as this goes, I- I'm pretty done with the whole hating AD saga. Yeah. Like it's an exhausting task. Just got it. We got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I knew we wanted to hate him and try to get this win, but it doesn't matter anymore. Like it sort of feels like closure a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, the first he came back. Over he came back. He fucked us over. He he sealed the game. Like Dang straight up. Like he he fucking won the game for him. And 
And at the end of the day, he's he's a great basketball player, and he he did that for us time and time again. Um, as far as the Pelicans go, we need to move on to you know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think it. I think we talked about this before, but it worked out for both parties. You know, yeah, just got who they want. We weren't going to win with AD. I think we knew that. I mean, with if, him being with AD being Batman, we weren't going to win. Yeah, I mean, if anything encapsulates like this game encapsulates a lot, right? So if you look at the AD LeBron saga. Anthony Davis helped close out the game at the end, but that fourth quarter, LeBron was like, okay, it's yeah, my time. Yeah, LeBron took yeah. over. It's like my time, yeah. right? And he, he came in clutch, and that kind of happened with AD in New Orleans. It seemed to be somebody else that had to come in clutch, and it happened today with Los Angeles. And secondly, it, it shows the potential of the Pelicans, right? Like, we have a lot of really good pieces, and we just kind of fell short at the end. Yeah. Maybe, like, it just shows that we really are missing a piece or two from being a really successful good team. Hopefully that piece is eye on. We'll see when he comes back. But uh, yeah, man, I, I hope this is closure. It feels like a little bit of closure for me, at least. Like, yeah. He came back. My my voice is killing me right now from all the booing. I got it in. It's over with. I'm ready to focus on the future and focus Honestly, on the Honestly, and that Zion that we had in the preseason, too. Like, those four games were probably more exciting, I feel like, than almost any stretch in AD's career. Yeah. Am I am I wrong saying? No, that? I mean there was there was a lot of excitement when Zion was playing. You just watched it's, them, and there was just yeah. like it was like almost like something you haven't seen before. And AD was like a freakish type of player, but man. So somebody asked me a question, and the moving past the Lakers game. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I honestly I said this before the draft, and it was kind of as a joke, but I'll say it now, and I know y'all are gonna be like, "Dude, you're a fucking idiot." If you go back in time, would you take Ja Morant over Zion? No. No. No shot. I wouldn't. All right. So, somebody just asked me that, and I just thought it was it's an interesting question. Because yeah, you I have to go You have to go Zion. You have to go Zion, 100%. But looking at it and how good Ja Morant is already right now. But is he that good? Like, I don't, I don't know. The jury's still out. Yeah. I, I don't think. I, I mean... I've been watching him a lot, dude. He's 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 a he's, very 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 a, good. He's a very good player, point guard. But is he is he a transcendent player? I think he will be. Maybe, but I, I think, think he Zion is day one. You, will he stay okay, on the Will he stay on the court? Let me ask you this: Okay, well, let's just not pretend health. Like obviously, I I think health is a concern, but it shouldn't be that big of a concern considering John Moran had the same type of injury he just had it earlier in the year so it didn't affect him playing um so they literally had the same two injuries but zion plays today what's the pelicans record we're six and 12 right now what's their record i think you can have like four wins okay yeah the memphis grizzlies are like one of the worst teams in the west with john moran playing no i understand that yeah i definitely understand that he's not translating to wins but he is having a good i mean he could just be a Decent basketball. I mean, a decent basketball player. No, very he's bad a good team. point guard. But think but, about this NBA. There's point guards are dimes. That, you know, there's there's tons of them. Yeah. yeah. My my good friend John said that a long time ago. He's like, man, you can't really win with like if your best player 100 percent is a pure point guard. Yeah. Think think about the last team that really won. I mean, you can say the Warriors, but they won one. They're they had talent all over the court. Yeah. Um, it's but, still crazy to me that the team just is not good anymore. Yeah. I mean, I get they're missing Curry. I honestly don't think they would have been that good 
even if Curry and Clay were playing because I think they really miss uh, Iguodala. Yeah, I yeah. Think Iguodala was a big piece of that. Team. Uh, the D'Angelo Russell signing was still kind of weird for me. Like I still don't get it. It didn't work. It was they were just trying to fill a fill a fill hole. It, yeah, it's it like it, they were trying to fill a gap. And well, just they to, did just get a new stadium, so they're probably trying to stay like pretty relevant. Here's the big what if question for me: What if the Lakers got the second pick? And we trade him AD for the second pick. John Moran and Zion. And John Moran and Zion. Nice. But, you know, we probably, we definitely don't get the haul that we get yeah. for the fourth pick. No. Yeah. Do we, you know, do we still get BI? Yeah, we still get BI. I, I think would, I would. You would still get BI. Personally, if today we could do it, I think this is hindsight 2020. But if we could just kind of take ball out and take that second pick, I'm about that. Oh, like if the Lakers got the second. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have let him keep ball. Yeah, but. I mean, I just I, I had this crazy like dream that the Knicks got the second overall pick and we traded AD to the Knicks. Yeah, for John Morant. But uh, can we anyway. talk? Can we talk about Lonzo Ball a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Dude, let's transition. Yeah. He didn't play tonight, obviously, due to stomach virus. Is that what he said? St- yeah, yeah stomach, stomach illness. Um, um, talk wait. about talk about questions about feeling the future. I don't know. I, I don't feel him out as the future. He's, bro, his decision making is poor. At say, best. Like, let's, we've said this already, guys. Say it again in the oh, podcast. Can we, can we, he, yeah. Who does he remind you of? Austin, Austin Rivers. Austin he's Rivers. Austin Rivers, yeah. He's indecisive and he's got a terrible shot. Bro, I it's mind blowing that that dude takes seven. He's averaging seven three pointers a game. He's averaging seven three pointers a game and like two shots at the rim a game. That's unfucking believable. Uh, that's. That and it's not like insane. he's fucking hitting it at a good clip either. Like, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh, his his shooting form is 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 fixed." Okay, his shooting form may be a little more adequate, but he's not hitting shit he's to not. where I I will say it's fixed. No, it it just looks better. And he he's, um, I think Jonathan had talked about this, and I don't know if you want to uh, speak on this more, Jonathan, but he can't even like pull up from mid range. No. Without no. it being a terrible shot. I mean, ESPN, shout out for something good that they did. They kind of talked about why he couldn't take a mid-range shot. And it's just because when he's taking a shot, he's not lifting straight up and down. The ball kind of comes across his face before face. he gets a yeah. set. So he's a right-handed player. So when you're driving to the right and you got to bring the ball across to your left, that's a whole extra half a second that the defender yeah. has to recover. And then on the, other, uh, on the other hand of it, when you're driving to your left, it's not as natural to get it back into your right hand. Um and on top of that, he's not a good shooter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, even if he's taking his mid-range shot, he's not making him at a high clip. His offensive game is and terrible. Just, he's doing, so, like, the Austin Rivers type thing where he's now trying to rely on the floater yeah. at that, like, five-foot area instead yeah. of trying to get to the And room. I was just about to say, like, if he has any shot of being a, a good NBA point guard, he's going to have to develop a floater. And you can see him trying it, but, like... And what's frustrating is is there's times where you're like, oh man, he just seems like like he just makes like this perfect pass or this perfect cut, and you're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And then you see him just take eight seconds off the clock. The ball touches nobody else's hands, hands, and he does a pull up three. three. Like, oh, dude, what? there was a time like I think it was like the the last game he played, he 
pulled a Damian Lillard, which is not what he should be doing. He like he barely crawled across the half court line and just pulled up, and I was like, oh my god. So I guess the question with him more is like, what is he? What is he? What is his mindset with how many threes he's taken? What are the coaches telling him, allowing him to do that? And why is he so scared to go to the is basket? The what was his injury last year? Ankle. So what did he work on all offseason? Nothing. Just a shot. Just a shot. shot. Yeah, he can't, you can't he, move. He's not moving. He's just he's working just on a shot. Yeah, so. and, and here's the thing. like I watched Kemba Walker in the Boston game prior to like the Pelicans game. And once Kemba gets like into like the paint area, if he can't get to the basket... He's so elite at just creating some space and getting off a jump shot yep. that that he hits automatic, and that's something Lonzo Ball will never have. No. no, he'll never have it just because I don't think he's, I don't think he's gifted enough to just cut into the lane, create a little space, and then knock down a little jumper. Like everything's gonna have to come at that Austin, like that that weird floater that but, we were talking about, and and he never goes to the to the basket unless it's a free free lane. And this is why I bet on Brandon Ingram in the offseason over Lonzo Ball. You cannot be a successful star in this league without getting to the line. And if you're not getting to the line more than you're shooting threes, there's no shot for you. Yeah. Unless you're Curry. Like, there's no shot. And he's not Curry. And we yeah. know he's not Curry. He's never going to be Curry. So either. until he decides to get to the basket or understand that he's becoming a role player in his career. I don't I, I still want to have hope for him because he is in his third year. He still has time to grow. I mean, Brandon Ingram's, you know, becoming the player he's becoming in his fourth year, so there's still a chance for Lonzo, so I don't want to completely give up on him, but you know, as the Lonzo that we're seeing right now is not a long-term piece. And and another big organizational question is this draft has like five or six point guards yeah mm-hmm. um and they were talking about this on another pelicans podcast i can't remember which one i'd give them a shout out but there's like five or six point guards that are going to be taken in the top eight picks like if, if the pelicans think one of these point guards or one of these ball handlers are the next guy we have the draft capital to move up and get one of them you know um so we have to decide, man. Is Lonzo Ball the future? It's it's hard to answer because again, he looks so great with Lonzo. I mean, with uh, Zion over the summer, he looks so good with Zion uh, during the preseason. Do we continue putting all of our eggs in a Zion basket, or do we call a spade a spade and say Zion just? I mean, Lonzo is just not looking too good. I I think it depends on who you draft. Um, I think if the Pelicans come out and they they're able to draft somebody like Anthony Edwards, yeah. It, you're going to have to make a decision on... I mean, it, 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 mark my words, if the Pelicans somehow luck out and get Anthony Edwards, who, by the way, I watched tonight, and he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. If they were able to fucking luck out and get Anthony Edwards, that would mean Drew Holiday is gone. His time as a Pelican is over with. Probably. Which I think, like I said, we have to look at anyway. Yeah. Like he's yeah. shown he's not going to be the MVP player already. Is he a great player? Yes. Is he a great defender? But you can't pay him $100 million in the Zion era and cap that team down like that. Like, Brandon Ingram's that guy that you pay that. You need to find that guy who's willing to take that third role. So, I just I don't think that's true. Yeah. I, I honestly think the Pelicans should look into acquiring some draft picks for Drew. Mm-hmm. Maybe in an expiring. 
just for the simple fact that if there's a guy you want in this upcoming draft, you can move some of your draft picks to go get him. Yeah. Because the other thing is you can't – we have a shit ton of draft picks, but if you're using those draft picks every single year, like on a bunch of different young players, you're not going to be a good – You're not going to be NBA a good team. And how many how many of those guys are actually going to be trans- – yeah. how many of those guys are going to translate into an NBA player? Yeah, you have to compile some of those assets and turn it into something better. You know, that's why you get those picks. That's why they're valuable because you can kind of clump them together and turn them into something really good. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's just – it's. It's, it's tough to say that we, we need a point guard when we have so many guards on this team, but nobody's yeah. answered the call yet. And again, I, I don't want to hate on Drew, but I just I think with if we're looking at Zion as the piece and Brandon Ingram as the piece, I just I don't think he fits in, in the timeline at where we would be a contender, right? Yeah. I just feel like you got to go with the youth movement now. I, I You know, we, we, we tried it out with, with – Young vets. I feel like yeah. we're doing the young vets thing again. You and it's, with that young yeah, vet shit, you need like, you do need you do veterans. need veterans, but yeah. like I I just don't think like at this point in time you need to find your starting five of the future. Not because there's no well, way Drew Holiday is is staying past his current contract. You can't really have a starting five of the future. Even championship teams, those starting five rotates, but you need to have that core. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Guys. Like, so who's that? Who's that third guy? Who's who's the role player that you can count on for the next like four to eight years? Who's who's the sixth man? You know, that's that's what you need. That's what you need. Okay, so let's let's do this. It's four years from now. What current Pelicans are still on the roster? Okay. You wanna go first, Jonathan? Sure. Let me uh pull up our current roster. <laughs> um I'm gonna he say know the players. <laughs> I just don't want to leave anybody out. I'm gonna say Brandon Ingram. Uh, Jackson Hayes, uh, Kenny Williams. Um, I'm gonna go with Josh Hart, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, and Zion. That's okay. gonna be what six players? Six out of the fourteen that we have right now. Yeah, six out of fifteen. Yeah, I'm gonna say Zion for sure, Ingram for sure, Jackson Hayes for sure. So we agree on those three. I'm just doing the quick. Do you need a roster sheet or do you no, not know you know? Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm deciding on one. I'm going to say Josh Hart. I said just Josh. out of I personally would want him on a playoff team. Okay. So we agree on those four. And that's it. Okay. So I added no and you didn't. Yeah. Because I'm just going off of where no is currently at. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If he, if Naw is not the point guard of the future for the team, and that's not saying he can't be, and that's not saying he won't be, um, but if we're just talking about him right now being out of the rotation and he's not projected to, you know, ever hit that starting lineup for us, he'll go to another team. That's it's actually, it's, kind of, so you're right, it's, it's rare that you see a guy not play. And then turn into like a starting a star, superstar yeah. type yeah. of player. So you both left off Frank Jackson. Yes. Oh yeah, no, he's not on the team four years from now. No. Uh, tonight answered a lot of questions for me. When we're playing he good just, teams, he doesn't. He can't play. He's 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 in that tweener role. He can't really give you the impact on the defensive side. I feel like I know and David Griffin like to say he's a great on ball defender, yeah. but 
he's not a fucking playmaker either. No. It's like he's yeah. out there and it's if like he's not hitting a shot. He's yeah. he's, he's pointless. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's so tough to watch him just kind of like run around trying to get his own shot and not setting anything up. Yeah, but yeah. So Tyler, you left off Kenrich Williams. Yep. I agree with that one too. I think he's going to get paid too much for us. Okay, so that's that's what I was I was going to ask. Do you think it's because some team comes along and pays him? Yep. A very large contract. Yep. Thanks, Drew Holiday. Appreciate it. Yeah. Screw this. <laughs> no, uh, no. He's he's a good player. He deserves money. We're going to give it to him. But again, where he probably fits at best on a team is in that tweener spot. But like mostly at the four, probably. I feel like yeah. coming off the bench, um, and. It's a guy like that is a team's going to need someone to fill in stop gaps at some point. I just, there's no way I see him being here in four years. Yeah. And I enjoy looking at the future, man, but we're we're only 18 games into the season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a long season. We're only two and a half games out of the eighth season. It's just fun. I would, I would love to make the playoffs and get these young guys some minutes in the playoffs. It's fun to discuss because Zion's coming back, right? Yeah. We can feel it. Let's just get him back, dude. That's what we want. Christmas, that's my goal. So our next two games are going to be OKC and OKC. I'm not making picks. Yeah, there's no point in me. Yeah, I'm done on picks. You just go opposite of whatever we need. But let's just let's just look at the week. OKC, OKC. Then we have Dallas, Phoenix, (laughs) then at Dallas. So not really the toughest week. I don't know. If we're gonna, if it's tough, but it's not, it's not a gauntlet. No, if you're not, gonna make up some, if you're gonna make up some ground, you can do it here. You can do it here. It's you can, not Utah, LA, LA. Yeah, yeah, like you can at least stay afloat right now. Yeah, let's win two of them, man. That's I'll give us one of the OKC wins for sure. Okay, I think we can beat that Dallas team. I think we can beat the Dallas at least once. We if got- Drew Holiday will actually play Doncic. Oh, sorry, Doncic Luca. Luke, let me just say Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if he can just play him like he played LeBron tonight, we can win that game. Yeah. And then after that, the next week is we have three games the next week. It'll be Detroit, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, Philly? But uh, hold on, hold on. I'm saying that to say this it's a road trip at Milwaukee, at Philly. Then we come home on the 15th against Orlando. Is that when we see our Lord and Savior make his return? I think against Orlando at home, yes. I'm, I'm going to say Christmas still. You're going to say Christmas still? Yeah. I'm going to say Orlando at home. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Oh, you can say Chris Reber. I just have a feeling he doesn't <laughs> play this year, guys. Don't. Like, what the don't fuck, do. Chris Webber? Do you do any research? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue, Jesse. So, uh, j- just looking at the, the the schedule, I think if he doesn't come back for Orlando, I don't think he makes because it's a road trip after that, right? Like it's it's Minnesota, Golden State, Portland, Denver. I I don't think he comes back. I think it will be the 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 28th against Indiana. I think that's when he'll make his return. Yeah, I mean the question is well, he's, no, he's not cuz he's already traveling with the team right now, isn't he? He hasn't been though. Oh, okay. He's only been oh, trying to home, home games. One game. Okay, maybe yeah. it was a home game. So I mean that's the question. Is is health just the number one thing or are we just going to wait for him to return home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Is he traveling with the team or I think it more or less pra- it, it's going to matter about practices if he's too. he's practicing, he's going to be with the team. 
Yeah. So they haven't. They've been real tight-lipped on him. We don't know if he's doing anything. And nothing. There's no updates, right? So I don't even know if yeah, well, he, if we, he's. I mean, we got an update from Griffin last week saying he's on schedule for eight weeks. But they yeah, said well, it could be okay. up to ten. Is what we got from Griffin. He said he could. It could be seven. It could be eight. It could be nine. It could be ten. Okay, so that that means we not got seven. To 10. So he, he, here's the thing. So this is what's gonna happen. Eventually, somebody's gonna have to say something substantive about it. Like, hey, he's on the court, full contact. And then I guess they're gonna try to get him in a little bit of shape. And then one day we're just gonna be sitting here. It's gonna say Zion Williams is. Williamson is available for tonight's game. I think you'll see questionable first, just to get our hopes up. And uh, that'd and, be such a fucking tease, such a dude. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, we, no! Like just, we are just, the questionable team because that's all we get as far as an injury report. You're you're questionable, and I then just, we'll see if you play or not. If if he doesn't come back within the fifteenth or the seventeenth, I don't think he comes back until twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll just hold him out. And yeah, because something would have had to go wrong at that point. Yeah, or they're just, re- or, or they're taking, or they're going to be taking a long time in rehab. Like, yeah, if he's not on schedule and he doesn't come back at the end of his timeline, which was originally six to eight weeks, he he had a mishap. So yeah, yeah. I would and if that. if he does come back, twenty twenty, his first game will be against the Lakers. At that point, it's a depressing season. Like if I'm two months without yeah. Zion. I mean, we were already depressed as all that. Yeah, just, dude, just like the 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 initial injury news, just really fucking. It could have been anybody if you think about it. Really, anybody else on this team, team. could have got yeah, hit with that yeah, injury. We're cool, yeah. But fuck, yeah. it is what it is. Hopefully, he comes back, and and hopefully, I mean, obviously, the team will have a renewed energy when he comes back. And I hope when he comes back, we have a new logo like not a new logo a new motto besides won't bother. no that's the that's the motto for a season that's right? the motto for the season so at the game tonight right yeah i they heard there was a weak ass chant so they they come up with it's, these it giant just like fit. tribal drums where they're banging on these tribal drums yeah and it has won't back that won't bow down written on it sounds a little racist <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm from the south what yeah. can I say? um but no so they have these giant these giant drums with won't bow down on it and they have won't bow down on the on the screen and they're trying to get us to chant won't bow down but it, won't I, bow down maybe it was the rhythm they were saying it they were it saying it rhythm. like it was won't bow and they're hitting the drum every time so won't bow down and, they, and they're hitting the drum but nobody was cheering <laughs> yeah. nobody was cheering so we were doing that it just felt lame it, we were it's it feels so forced yes. yeah uh, I guess they want that the so you know like before every Saints game like who that one random fucking member of the Saints pass walks to fucking midfield or whatever it is and they do the who who that chant I guess they're trying to do the same thing with that but I, that the, the who that chant is just like fucking something that came organically you can't just can't just force something and I, it's funny that you mentioned that because like while I was like scrolling through Twitter I was reading a bunch of updates and people were like. What the fuck is this chant? Yeah, <laughs> like dude. this is a. T- Some people went as far as to say like, "I like the slogan until now." Now yeah, I it was it. so bad. It, it was not good. No one. Everybody's just like looking around, like, "What?" what the dude, fuck? we were all hyped up, dude. We were all, you know, we were catching a stiffy. The game's about to start, <laughs> and then we just went. <laughs> we just they went bring flat. out the bongos, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" We just went flaccid, dude. It was oh bad. my god, dude! You know somebody. You know someone is gonna get chewed out tomorrow. 
arm one and like, congratulations, Greg. That totally failed. <laughs> yeah, Greg, you fucking fired, Gregory. You were an intern. You had one job. A job. <laughs> to get did. the crowd hype and it, it just, fucking sucked. Well, listen. It just is it just doesn't fit, right? We've been trying to get like and you can see what they've been doing in the marketing slogan, right? The fucking bonker. <laughs> But like no, that's you so see the good. intro video that they start in the. Uh, it's so good, and it, it's really good. It's it kind of captures like the feeling of the city and stuff like that. And obviously, that's what they're they're trying to do. And the won't bow down is that you know, hey, we're a small market team, we're yeah. an underdog. That's how we always play. But man, like with us, you have to go with like something, something with like you know, stand up and get crunk is like. I don't like that as a Saints fan anymore. It's overplayed, overdone, and stuff like that. But you need something like that for people to sit there and cheer to. Not, it has to come naturally, yeah. like yeah. Jesse said. Like you can't. I really don't think you can hire a marketing team to hashtag anything in New Orleans. No, because the and no offense, but the marketing team's just probably a bunch of white guys <laughs> that have no connection to like Pelicans. The basketball. city. Well, yeah. they yeah, they, like, they could have hired locals to do this, but it, it, the thing remains like. It's just forced. Like you're telling yeah. us what to chant. That's never. It's going like to work. it's like you ever go to a concert and like you're watching a band, and the band's like, "Come on, man, make some noise for us!" And That's it's kind of so, like you're supposed to make. Oh, us yeah, you like your performance you, and presence is supposed to make. We've us. all been to the. We've all been to like a gathering at in high school or in middle school, and a speaker comes out and they're like, "Good morning," and everybody's like, "Good morning," and they're like. Uh, you can say it louder than that. Yeah. Good morning. And that's what it sounds like WVD is fucking doing. doing you know? yeah. I was like, Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Just won't bite that. Won't bite down. Let's do it. Bet you they don't do it next game. So you're saying they're going to retire the bongos. The bongos are going to be put in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's, man. Just, let's just retire that with Jaws and Nicola Melli's minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but it took it all the way to the closet. It's <laughs> never open. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, this was a fun update. Yeah. Uh, fun podcast. Welcome Glad to have Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. So, man. we'll be coming on more often. Uh, obviously, Tyler goes back to North Dakota for a little bit again, but uh, hopefully, we can get some wins in the next week, and uh, hopefully, the Zion watch ends and yeah. we get them back. Hopefully, please. we have an update on Zion soon, man. That's what's up. Yeah. And yeah, fuck the Lakers too. Fuck the Lakers, <laughs> man. Goddamn bongos. <laughs>